I'm Nick Terzo, and this is The Radical. This episode veers off from our normal guests as we explore the world of social media for creators. Certainly, there's been much written and many documentaries like The Social Dilemma that address the many ills of social media. In this episode, we will take a look at an alternative that doesn't let the algorithms run the user. Vero is a social media platform developed especially for the creative class of photographers, musicians, and fashionistas. It's beautifully designed and its users are not the product. I discuss with co-founder Eamon Hariri and Vero music head Pete Lawry what makes Vero a safe and exciting place for creators of all types. We will discuss how this platform functions, how users have all control, and in the future, just how creators may get paid. Coming up, my conversation with Eamon and Pete from Vero. Welcome, Iman. Welcome, Pete. Thank you for having us. Great to have us. Yeah, thanks for having us. Great to have us. <laughs> it's, it's great to have you. Yes, it's great to have you. Yeah, no, thank you. Great to have my, Great to have ourselves. Yeah, it is great to have you guys. <laughs> I'm going to use that. I'm going to start saying that when I meet people. <laughs> well, everyone listening should know where I think we're spanning over, uh, I think, uh, what, 11 or 12 time zones. So we're all in different frames of mind this morning. <laughs> but I want to welcome you. We're going to talk about your, um, I don't know if I call it a startup at this point, but your social media platform, Vero, and how it will compete kind of in the current uh, space and what makes it special and what makes it really special kind of for the creative community who I speak to a lot here at the show. So I don't know. Um, Eamon, do you want to talk about maybe the origin story? I mean, um, yeah, sure. Yeah, it really started amongst uh, just amongst friends um, where a social network should start. Uh, it was a conversation between uh, two of my best friends. Uh, one uh, happens to be my cousin and, and um, the other is somebody that I grew up with since I've, I've known him since we were 12. And uh, I hadn't gotten onto social uh at the onset when uh, different social networks were coming up, I, I w was going through something, a, a transition in my life and didn't really feel like putting myself out there for people to be able to get in touch with me uh, more easily than, than they already did. Uh, and, um, or could at the time, but when I did get on, I noticed my friends were acting very differently online than I knew them to be in the real world. It was, you know, what I uh, would call today just a performance um, more than was uh, sharing, um, sharing things about themselves and, and being real. And when we looked into it, it was uh, just this concept of everybody having a stage uh, that these platforms were giving uh, everyone. And um, we, we decided it would be cool to be able to have both a private life and a public life for those who wanted one online uh, so that they could really behave you know, more normally amongst their friends. Uh, and, and if they have, and if they're enamored with this concept of having followers and having an audience and having people who they don't necessarily know 
uh, gain access to their their content, the things that they post, then that's fine as well. And we felt like that was a better balance uh, for just having a normal life online. And and that's really where Vero started. So it started with you know this idea of being able to set your friends as close friends, friends and acquaintances. Having followers is something that you can turn on or off. Nobody knows where you set them as, so they gain more or less access depending on uh, what you set them as. So we do, we didn't want to create controversy between people, and uh, and also we were frustrated with um, as much as we as much as we respected the simplicity of Instagram, and at the time they really stuck to their guns. It was really something that was a simple tool where you could post pictures of your friends and. Um, and people would be able to just to just follow you and 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 see what life you're living. Um, but it it then turned into algorithm based feed and stories and a thousand different things. Uh, but at the time, the, that simplicity was great. But we wanted to be able to share more. So on Vero, you're able to share songs, you're able to share movies. TV shows, books, places, experiences, basically. Uh, helping people um, gain uh, from your experience because we can't all curate the world uh, or you know live the world in its entirety and all the experiences. We need people to curate, uh, different people in our lives to curate those experiences for us. And so that's what we wanted Barrow to be and, and that's how it started. Right. Now, are you... I mean, what's your numbers look like these days? And was it five years ago you started this or a few yeah, so, years ago? Um, it really, the conversation started uh, in somewhere in 2013, maybe late 2012. And we took, we took a bit of time to build up the, um, build, design the product, build the product, because we knew that we were, that these concepts or these capabilities, these feature sets already existed. We wanted to package it up in a different way, in a way that was very much um, a design and aesthetic, something that was unique to us. And also, uh, given that we decided we didn't want to do ads, we wanted to have a unique uh, approach into the market, which is a subscription base. We haven't turned on subscription yet, but we've always talked about it from day one. And um, and we made it available in the App Store in 2015 on iOS, on, on, on iPhone, and then uh, gradually um, had Android and an iPad and looking to release desktop uh, fairly soon. Uh, our numbers are, are great, you know, for uh, what we consider still a startup. We ha- we've never formally launched. Uh, we just released our 2.0 in, uh, on December 1st. And it's got a bunch of great features in there, such as calling and such as um, being able to video call and 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 better messaging. And uh, and from a creative's uh, perspective, we really uh, we we really respect the process and and how difficult it is to make things, irrespective of you know whether it's a, a photograph, a film, music. Uh, the poster of of movies, the the cover art of of music uh, uh, album, you know, uh, uh, music albums, and we wanted the app to reflect that, so we don't crop anything. 
we don't get in the way of anything. We don't put any extra um, design tricks or, or anything like that. We sort of, we try to get out of the way and let the content speak for itself and let the artists be able to use the features as they want. Well, I was playing around with it over the weekend and it was, it's really beautiful. I mean, it's so well designed. It's really a gorgeous, you know, it's not hard on the eyes. You know what I mean? Like, thank you. I have to have a social media account because of this podcast on Facebook now, which I haven't had in years. And I can only go on it once a week because I can't bear to look at it. it. It scrambles my brain, seriously. So Pete, you're here too, and you run music. Kind of, Is there a label component to this? You're an artist and uh, Vero has a music label? Yeah, that's right. Uh, Vero Music. And um, it's funny hearing what Eamon said about, um, I didn't even know actually the, uh, the design component about um, not cropping and things like that but it's a kind of perfect metaphor for um when we met uh Eamon and I it was um I was right at the uh, a crux of not sh knowing what I wanted to do next in the kind of quote-unquote music industry because I was feeling more and more that as 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 more as music is was being pushed towards um social media in terms of how you make campaigns and how you roll it out which you know we were just talking about with you you were working in the music industry at a time where it was very much i assume radio and touring right that was the that was the kind of pretty much yeah yeah that was the lane and as the lanes kind of move further and further towards social media I was in a strange position because I came more from the same world as you and the records that I released and not knowing how to proceed into that world. And then when I met Eamon, I was like, wow, well, here's, here's an idea and a platform and a basis that actually respects the creators and the creativity and isn't treating it as, as a word that I don't love, which is content in, in the sense of treating records and these things that we absolutely love and adore as as exactly that as content like to me they are the thing itself and then you build around them and that's what i that's what i heard when i spoke to Eamon and that's what i we we still maintain to this day and that's i think it gives a platform to the musicians and the artists that we work with to feel that they're still cared about and the art that they create and it's not simply kind of fodder and just digital information that is here today and gone tomorrow you know um that is kind of i guess the yeah the the, the tent post you know so amy let me ask you I, I i opened an account this weekend you know i didn't post anything yet but what i'm seeing is really art on there you know photography musicians if I open my account and I start putting like Trump pictures up there, like every day, you know, and start, how do you keep that? Uh, it looks like that's kept out of the feed, like the political stuff, or is there stuff in there that I'm not seeing? Well, no, I, the way to think about Barrow is you're in control of what you get to see. So um, nothing in your feed is there without you having followed somebody or connected with somebody as a friend. Uh, obviously. And, and we actually, we added this, um, we added this cool feature where you can go into somebody's account and that you're following or you're connected with, and you can say, actually, I'm not too keen on their pictures, 
but I really like their music taste. So uh, you can start to filter out the different types of posts. So we're, we've really uh, built this with, <laughs> with the user in mind. We're users as well. We're fans of the app. And so we want it to work in a way that we, we enjoy using it ourselves. Um, we're not uh, encouraging or discouraging political discourse. Um, it's really up to people how they want to and what they want to post and what they want to share. We don't, um, we're not censoring a particular thought. That isn't really what we're about. Um, but we also know the, you know, that it isn't a, a, neither a one size fits all or anything goes sort of platform. It needs to be something that mirrors real life where we can have our opinions, but we can respect each other as well. And it's treating each other with respect that that's the thing we're trying to scale. And it's, it's really a challenging time, probably the most challenging time for a, a, a platform that has user-generated content. But I feel like we're approaching this from such a, a human aspect and not a, just a numbers aspect. Um, I feel like we're bringing something unique to the, to the landscape. And does that keep all these bots out of it? Or, I mean, do you guys have ways to keep them kind of out of your algorithms or since it's a more human yeah, driven thing, algorithms. no algorithms. Actually, <laughs> no, we don't have algorithms. That's the, well, okay. So, you know, I'm a computer scientist. I know what an algorithm is. The algorithm that people talk about in the, in, in popular culture today is the one that introduces things into your feed that you didn't necessarily choose. And it also um, takes into its its being and into its programming your behavior, which then presents you with things uh, and suggests content profiles, etc., that it thinks you may be interested in because you liked something, because you hovered over something because something had a particular color and uh, means it can, you know, create a psychograph on you. And so it knows how to match your, um, your ideas and what you'd like, you know, to what it's got to, what it's got to present. So we're not doing any of that. So nope. You know, just like you, when you open up your email, yes, you can receive spam, but your email client doesn't know anything about you. And, you're just receiving things from people that you either know or people you've just been introduced to. Interesting. That sounds safer and saner. Um, I can get yeah, we'd love to fix it. <laughs> and more sustainable, I think over the long yeah. run. And Pete is the label. I mean, is it have a, uh, you guys have a distribution deal with Warners or tell me a little bit about it. Are there artists signed and do the artists come from the platform or outside of it? Yeah. The, I mean, I, look, I've been through, um, I've been <laughs> calling it being through is funny, but you'll know what I mean. Um, I've been signed to <laughs> um, various, you know, as, as an artist myself, I was signed to Ireland back in the day and then Universal Public in the States. And, and what struck me about this, I mean, we developed it together in terms of how it might look for the artists. 
And what's really exciting to answer your question about distribution is it's completely modular, which means you can work based on exactly what one particular artist needs. So for instance, the first signing Thunder Jackson may not benefit from the same distribution company as another artist would in terms of there's not, it's not like you have your, again, you'll know this, it's not like you are automatically assigned to say Columbia's in-house distribution team, in-house radio team. You can use the people, you can outsource the people who work specifically for that project uh, in terms of the actual internal team is very small. There's a few of us, and um, that means that the artist gets a direct line of communication. You know, I've never, if you think of Eamon as the kind of um, head of the label, I, I never in any of my experience had a line of communication with that person. And and Thunder Jackson, for instance, does, you know, and, and so by keeping it small, but but by keeping it modular, we're able to work for the artists and not just because they're there and because they're signed, you know? Um, so that's, that, as much as, yes, to, that's to answer your question about distribution, but that's how it works across the board. Right. And is Vero, I mean, to my other part of the question, I mean, is this using Vero solely as the discovery platform for these artists? Or are you getting them outside of that too? Both, both things. It's, it's certainly the, it's not to kind of um, pigeonhole or keep the artists small, quite, quite the opposite. You know, it's, uh, it's definitely Vero first, like that's the team, you know, but um, outside of that, it's um, the, the aim is to, to, to get their music out and as far as wide as possible. Yeah, and we have, I mean, the the way we think about things is obviously where Vero, the main uh, business is, is being a social network. And the people that we're working with have some, you know, we've seen some affinity to what it is that we're doing. And when Pete and I met, he had a, a you know, we, since day one, we've been, helping artists with and supporting artists with different passion projects at different stages. And, you know, when artists are in different stages of their, uh, their careers or their, their development, uh, we've helped certain artists with being able to afford a tour bus, their first tour bus so that they can, they can go on their first tour. And, and in other cases with music videos or, um, in, in Pete's case, he wanted to publish a, a book, which was, really a fantastic idea but and and mo most importantly that first conversation which happens to be one of the best conversation first conversations i've ever had with anybody um mm -hmm. and uh it was the passion that he had for it and connecting with what is it we both connected with what each other w was saying and um and so you could say did you discover thunder jackson on vero no, I, there was no browsing and finding of a profile that brought that up. It was more thanks to Vero. There was an introduction to Pete, who then introduced me to Thunder Jackson, which then led to the discussion of creating a label uh, because we felt, well, I felt that with Pete, we could provide value 
um, because I didn't want it to just be money. That was very important to me. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, since then we've had Thunder Jackson, you know, we've been quite fortunate to have him featured on Apple Music and on Spotify playlists due to the quality of what was put together. And that has a lot to do with the team that we've put together that includes Pete and includes Thunder Jackson. Um, but, uh, and then on the other artists that we have that signed Dana and the Wolf, that was discovered. They were discovered or discovered. I mean, that's how I came uh, across them. They have fans, they have a built-in fan base. Um, and have released music before uh, coming on Vero, but they came on Vero and I came across them because they they asked to be verified. And, and I was like, what is Dana and the Wolf? Like, who wants this name? What is this? You know, so I, I was like, you know what? Let me just Google this. And I, I came across, so I discovered their music. <laughs> I listened to it and I couldn't stop listening to it. And... Um, and I, I just got on the phone with um, uh, Daniel, who is Wolf in Daniel. <laughs> that was an amazing conversation. The guy had very pointed questions. It was really good. It was a tough conversation. It was a great conversation. It was a tough conversation. And we've become friends since. And after that, we supported them with some music videos. And and I, I had a chat with, uh, with Pete and... Um, we just, you know, we just decided, you know what, let's let's talk to them about the idea of being assigned artists um, because they really love the platform and uh, we get along quite well. And uh, and yeah, and we, we came to an agreement and, you know, we're really excited about about these artists that we're supporting because we're not looking to to sign every artist on the planet. That isn't the. That isn't the objective. The objective is to be successful, to help them be successful and um, allow them to make their art in the way that they want to. And just like we don't crop their, uh, we don't crop art on on Vero. We're not looking to crop their uh, creativity (laughs) in the real world. I think, Eamon, you've you've really touched on a metaphor that we need to use somehow moving forward. I like this, not, not cropped. (laughs) <laughs> full frame full frame <laughs> um, no it's it, so Amy sorry go on go ahead Pete no no I was just gonna no, go I was just gonna carry on with that I think it's really um, you know even hearing that again it's so true it's the the beauty of um, it to me really really having been through both sides of it is that um, yeah it's, it's even modular in the sense of what each artist wants to do you know you're kind of hemmed in traditionally in a in a record deal in terms of you're going to make a record and you're going to try and get people to listen to it and if you and if that doesn't work then don't worry if you're the label because one of the other 20 bands you've signed probably will and it's hedging your bets right and i that isn't the model here hedging the bets and if one artist succeeds don't worry about the 19 that don't because you know having been through that as an artist it's does that can be really difficult for artists and it can stop them in their tracks when you don't know that five minutes later might have been the moment in which it caught fire you know and i feel like this history must be littered with amazing music we 
we'll never have because it wasn't given the opportunity to get to us. And that's what I think is really a, a beautiful and exciting about this as a concept and a platform. It comes full circle, my friends. So, the, you know, to the entrepreneur label guys that started this all, you know, it's the same concept. So everything comes around. Yeah. Um, instead of dealing with these large multinational ingestion engines, because um, <laughs> that's really what they, it's what they've become, um, really. Um, hey, man, you have this curious background, um, and I'm just you know, your dad was a prime minister of uh, Lebanon. Yes. Um, That's right. You grew up in, you're kind of a citizen of the world um, where you grew up, where you got educated. How is like that view kind of influenced how you look at this platform? I mean, does it provide a bigger view for people in the world that maybe haven't had access? Is there, is there a different viewpoint because of your background? Yeah, I think, uh, I think it's. Um, I think it's. We live in an exciting time, certainly with technology. With, you know, when you see things disrupt um, certain status quos that people get used to. But I think that there's something that's going on that a lot of people are feeling, which is just that lack of a world view on technology that is exported from one part of the world that then you know, sort of maybe is lacking in, in world experience. And, and I, I'd like us, you know, the, the team that we put together, the, the, the view that we've put together is that we need to really approach this with a, just a, a ton of humility and respect and flexibility understanding that the world is made up of very different people with very different backgrounds. And, and I feel like that's what I, I bring to the table the most and trying to guide people because I've, I have lived around the world and I do see that what is normal in one place is completely, you know, and, and what is normal somewhere else are completely different. And, if you just put those two normals together or put, you know, compare them with each other, then potentially there can be friction. But at the end of the day, the people behind them can get along quite, quite well. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that there's a responsibility for designers of applications that are easily downloadable anywhere in the world to take that into consideration as they're building things. And, um, I don't want to say we have all the answers. We don't. We certainly don't. We're learning things, new things every day. And I sit and I talk to our support team quite often, and I'm in awe of the patience that they uh, apply to the the different circumstances that they're faced with. But I think, um, you know, certainly my background includes what I've learned from my father, who approach things, I think, in a quite a different way, which was what he was known for. And, and the reason for his success was just being so open-minded. Um, he, he, you know, I, I don't know if you know this, but he put, um, the, Lebanon w- w- went through a civil war that he helped um, bring it out of. But 
he had actually put 30,000 kids through college wow. on his own dime. And he did that with this concept of not wanting the war to be what defined Lebanon uh, for decades after. Wow. He wanted almost to, to be that disruptor of time and the normal course of things by putting by by educating people and giving them a chance uh to not have to fall into you know picking up a gun um because he knew that ultimately war would end and the rebuilding had to start and the only people that would rebuild it correctly and with passion would be the lebanese people but something to note is that Although he's a, a Sunni, he was a Sunni, um, he, he didn't just help Sunni students, he helped everybody who was Lebanese. And so um, I think we need to have more of that sort of thinking and look at each other as other human beings. Each one of us brings something to the table, a different experience, a different way of thinking that if we bring it all together, we can actually make something really, really amazing. I mean, look at us where, you know, you have um, the Emirates just um, celebrated having sent a, a, a probe to, to Mars, for example, one of the, you know, the youngest countries in the world. And they've learned that from, not from themselves, you know, they did it themselves, but they, they learned that from other people uh, halfway across the world. So I think that that if you look at the history of humankind, we were in caves and here we are doing these amazing things. And we're doing that thanks to helping each other and and treating each other with respect. Well, thank you for sharing that. Thanks for sharing that story about your father. I did not know that. I did not um, know that. And that's incredible. And I and I just wanted to say that. So basically what you're saying is your dad decided to not crop the chances and the dreams of all those children. <laughs> so that's fantastic. So let me ask you guys something down the road here, a little more futuristic. I'm a big fan of... Um, Jaron Lanier and, uh, you know, his book, you know, who owns the future. Um, do you kind of see anything down the road where you'll explore maybe some of this M NFT stuff for creatives or like some kind of micro payments so that creators get paid? Um, have you explored any of that? And I know the NFT stuff's becoming a little bit more popular with crypto and stuff going on. And we're seeing a little bit more artist participation in that right now. I was curious if you guys had, had any roadmap for that in the future for the platform? I mean, in a word, absolutely. Um, I think that having a means to make money directly off of the thing that you love from your fans is absolutely the way to go with um, social networks that start to really create a value exchange. So I could, you know, I, I've, I have some friends on, on Vero who uh, have introduced me to, to music that, uh, you know, I mean, some of the, like my favorite music of all time 
I found on Vero, and I consider that a value exchange. Uh, but it doesn't put food on the table, of course. It can it can have a, an impact on your life, whether it's a movie, a book, or or even a fantastic meal in a restaurant, right? That that somebody lets you know about. Um, but ultimately, I think what's what platforms like Vero need to do is create an opportunity for artists to to make a living off of their art. And and that's something that I've been thinking about and the team has been thinking about since day one. Again, we don't profess to have all the answers and and I do know that it takes us quite a bit of time to get things done. We're not looking to move fast, break things and say sorry, you know, along the way. We're trying to be thoughtful and careful about the things that we do. We feel like we're we're making something that is organic and therefore the ingredients that you put can potentially have severe harm on what it is that we're building and certainly the people that are consuming it, the people that are using it, the users who are our number one uh, priority. And so, um, but making, being able to have that relationship with your audience where your audience is such, are such fans that they want to, uh, support you is something we want to foster and if so, and going all the way to f- supporting you financially is something that we absolutely are looking into because we think that's very interesting is there a certain thing you're looking for before you flip like to a subscription model i mean what's what would flip that switch um you know it's interesting there's there are two there are two aspects to that answer or to the answer to that question. One can be that there is enough momentum. Um, we certainly had quite a bit of momentum in 2018 and we could have flipped the switch then, but we didn't for one very big reason. We entered this venture with a, um, an understanding of the responsibility that we have. And when we look at our users as our customers, we're there to serve them. And in 2018, we we certainly weren't prepared for uh, the kind of traffic that we got. I mean, we became number one app in the world and hundreds of thousands of articles were written about us. I hadn't seen something that big happen in the world of social media for a while. And, um, we weren't up to the, we weren't able to handle the traffic. So basically, uh, to summarize it, we didn't give our users, our customers a good experience. So for me, the, the bar is set high to be able to provide a great experience to our users, give them value before we turn that on. I think we're not far from it. Uh, we're not that far from it. It could be a, a we have some things that we're cooking up uh, that we'd like to release before we turn on that subscription. That's really how we're thinking about it. If we're going to ask something of our users, we need to feel comfortable that we're giving them something in return. We're not going to ask for a lot. I think everybody will be quite surprised with what we ask for. But still, it's an exchange that we take very seriously. 
and uh, with responsibility. And could you consider that if when the time comes and it becomes a little more subscription driven, um, can you see a micro payment to some of the creators on the platform being part of that? I'd like, yeah, I'd like, actually, I think we're seeing the, how the micro payments from a, a, a base subscription, how that's not really paying a lot of people. It's paying certain people a lot and very little to a lot of people. And I'd like to think that we think more sustainably than that. So we're, we're actually building something that's quite unique in that, in that perspective. So we want artists to do well if they're the ones doing well. And how would you categorize today? Like what's a, a, a successful user look like on your platform? Like who is it? What, what medium are they working in? Um, what's really clicking with your community? Yeah, I'd say our, our most successful user bar none is, is going to be uh, Zack Snyder, who adopted the platform as his um, unique I don't want to say exclusive because that has certain connotations. It's beyond that. It's much more real than that. Um, it's uh, he, he believed in the platform from the moment I showed it to him before it was even published. And uh, he's behaved that way ever since. Uh, he's built up a fan base on Vero where he's published unique content that they that they really care about. But more importantly than content and likes and comments and, and those kinds of things and followers and all of that, I think that recently him being able to use Vero to raise half a million dollars uh, for the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention, him and his wife have you know, tirelessly worked to, to do that because they believe in it, they've, they suffered through a tragedy that they'd like to help others avoid um, suffering through. And so that to me, I think is the greatest success, um, putting aside everything else, just being able to, you know, put together that kind of, that positive force towards something that has an impact not only on you know, directly, but indirectly to so many people. And that isn't even mentioning the fact that his fans were able to, put, were able to, to organize themselves so, so well that his, uh, the cut of his movie was greenlit by, by HBO Max. And, and so uh, that's become a reality and going to be released in, in, in March this year, which I'm very wow. excited about and, and all the other comments. Wow. So. so that's kind of impressive. So your platform serves as a uh, little bit of a, a, a social do good organization. It serves as a platform as a sounding board for an actual piece of creativity. Um, that's fascinating kind of what's happening with the communities there. Then I didn't know that. Yeah. And, you know, you know, sort of also thinking about what we're trying to do in, 
in music at the end i think whether it's 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 like you said doing good socially i mean we're one of the first platforms to have a donate now button for charity um, organizations that that come on board the platform um, all the way to helping artists develop and and create their passion projects to to actually develop their their careers we'd like to be a positive force in in all the things that we do um, why not i mean isn't that i i feel like that's normal but it it has become maybe not the norm these days i think there's a there's an over focus on growth and profitability without looking at the the cost and my our eye is very much squarely focused on what is the cost of each thing that we do we could do a ton of tricks and grow much faster than we are right now but we're not interested in that. Fascinating. That's interesting. So in the world of a social dilemma where we have that documentary out where everyone's yeah, sure. scared out of their pants, um, Vero becomes a little bit of a solution to that, um, which is awesome. And the label becomes a little bit of a solution to the major label system and being focused on art and artists. I think it's, it, so I, it's I, uh, sorry to cut you off. I was just, you just made me think of something is that, um, and, and what Eamon was saying, I think it's such an exciting time when, when certain facets of the kind of online and these apps and these platforms are actually becoming almost revolutionary. Like how the, how that Reddit page actually had an impact on the stock market. And I think it's this kind of revolution of transparency where people are people are tired of the idea of um, being told how and why to behave even online when they can see through the subtext. I think it's really exciting that like with the Zack, Zack Snyder's fans had an actual influence. And, and of course they should because that's the audience. I, I love this breakdown of the barrier between audience and um, artist. I think I, I and and the creation and the people who um, get that in front of the audience. I think that's a, I think is really a, a really exciting time for a kind of lack of trans uh, for for tran more transparency. Right. Yeah, the movement to decentralization is certainly where we're going over the next decade. Yeah. Um, so it's just curious to see how you do that, where you need a platform of people to kind of gather together too, while you're trying to decentralize. It's a delicate dance, you know, sure. so it, it is. Yeah. So. I mean, decentralization can be applied to, you know, quite a few things. I think ultimately when you want to have a service, you know, you, you need to be conversing or dealing with somebody or some group of somebody's and uh and ultimately it has to do with how everybody behaves i think that will be the, yes. where the you know the success will lie yes well guys thank you both so much um i think this is a really fascinating platform i hope my audience that have a lot of creators in my audience uh take a look at it and join um 
And I hope you guys come back sometime because I think this conversation could go on much longer because I don't think we scratched the surface of <laughs> what this world means today and how you change it. Um, but thank you both, Pete. Thank Absolute you, Amen. Thank you very much. Thanks for having us. I hope to meet you guys at some point when the pandemic uh, subsides. Likewise. I would love to come to Nashville. I've always wanted to. Come on down. So stay safe, guys. You too. You too, man. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening this week. To follow what's going on with this podcast, you can go to theradicalpod.com. TheRadicalPod.com. You'll find show notes and past episodes and uh, even a little swag there if you want a t-shirt or a hat. I would be honored if you'd subscribe at Apple or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Till next week. 